0: back when when COVID first came into our lives in in February, March, uh, I started doing this thing kind of off the cuff called Navigating Strange Days. And and, and it was on Facebook and it was, uh, you know, a lot of you joined in and it was just kind of Jason as the pastor trying to help us think through some of this stuff that we're experiencing. And we had a lot of good response from that, a lot of good conversation starters from that. And we're gonna we're gonna turn that into a kind of a sermon series and, and, and I'm actually I'm I'm anticipating it because here's what we're gonna do. You know, I don't know if you've ever read the Bible much. I, I hope you certainly have, but if you have, this is what you're gonna discover. You're gonna discover that God put very normal people like you and me in very abnormal situations, right? God put very normal people, just like very moms, dads, 20-somethings, 30-somethings, 60-somethings. He put very normal people in very abnormal situations. Prophets. He put kings. This book is full of strange encounters. And we're going to look at people like, like next week, we're going to look at, at King David uh, and and how he navigated spiritual frustration, you know, I mean, the guy lived in caves, and if you ever read the Psalms, some days he's really happy and some days he's really mad, and then some days he's really sad, and then some days he's halfway glad and halfway mad, you know, and and it just, it's it's real life. I think that's why we all love the Psalms so much, we can relate to them, and then there's people like Naomi, there's people like Daniel, there's people uh, like Paul. We're going to look at Old and New Testament characters and how they encountered really weird times and what did they, What we're going to look at Job and all kinds of things. I think it's very, very real to our days today. Today, I'm going to talk to you about God's plan when I'm disoriented. I I don't know, maybe that's the number one word that I can think of for 2020. Just Disoriented, you know. I don't know if you felt this uh, in, in 2020, but but uh, my general mood was about half mad most of the time. Uh, and I know I'm the only one that felt that. Don't act like you didn't. Uh, a lot of you looking at me like you know you weren't upset. There, you're you know you, your your target moves. You're, you're you're trying to make a plan. You're looking at your profit and loss statement. So you're looking at your staff. You're looking at your school year, and you're going it's blown up. And then when we put it back together, they blow it up again. And you know and it, it 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 your your range of emotions and it just ends you you end up being a little disoriented i i um I, I know you've been disoriented at times. My gosh, the other day, I know I'm getting a little bit older because I got out of bed too fast and got dizzy. I thought, man, this is, what, this is what I got looking forward to the rest of my life. I'm just getting out of bed a little too fast, I got dizzy, you know. But, but it, it happens. You've ever been disoriented? The, the seventh grader in me still laughs every time I go to a baseball game or every time I go to a high school event. Uh, you've all seen this. This is a group of Marines uh, in, in getting ready uh, to go. They're, they're in, uh, I think they're in California, and they're doing a bunch of uh, games, I guess, to build cohesion. You've seen this, but these are some Marine cadets. Check this out. No, watch, watch, Still can't get it right. I mean, yeah, that never gets old, does it? I mean, watching somebody fall is awesome, is it not? And it just never gets old no matter how long. But I think that's probably how we all felt a little bit in, in 2020, right? How many times did you ever notice this? I did this in, in, in the last 12 months of our lives, and I still do it today. How many times did you find yourself watching the news or looking at social media or just talking to your friends and you just go, I know. You just, you just shake. I found myself shaking my head constantly. Uh, just, what do you do, right? And, and the weirdness doesn't look like it's going to go away anytime soon. Uh, we're seeing more and more weirdness on our national landscape. And it ends up causing us disorientation, and it causes, in some ways, pain. I think um, one, of the, one of the things I've been doing, I, think, I tried to think back when I started, I think it was around 2006, um, the, the pastors often change. There's a few recurring ones, but, but um, I, I meet with a, a, a group of pastors uh, every year at a pastor's conference. I, I host it, and, and, uh, and we've moved it around different places in the country, but, but I host it most every year. And, and it's interesting how uh, every pastor, every church, they're all shapes, sizes, and the denominations. They're, they're, they're a carbon copy of what we're experiencing at Clearview. Um, and it's really, it, it can leave you um, in, in all kinds of different, uh, different feelings. In this. But I think one of the things the church is experiencing is, is just pain. I think Americans are just experiencing pain, frustration. And it can leave us disoriented. Where we ask ourselves, have you, you ever, have you thought about this in the last 12 months of your life? What in the world is God doing? What is God doing? I mean, what is What is he doing? And, and you're not asking him. He doesn't owe you an answer, but I find myself going, Lord, what are you doing? Because I, I, am, I am inconvenienced. Are you aware of my inconveniences right now? Uh, you know, I mean, it is, it is not good. C.S. Lewis said this one time. Man, it's a great quote. Look at what C.S. Lewis said. He said, God whispers to us in our pleasure, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains talking about pain, it is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. You know, I, I really wonder, when you look at Americans, we have zero tolerance for pain, right? I mean, let's just face it, seriously. You, you, we, we find ourselves, I grew up when my mom made popcorn on a stove. I find myself standing in front of a microwave going, seriously, come on, let's go. I mean, it's like a minute and a half now. You know, it, 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 we, we get mad when our text messages drag I mean, They've got to go to space first. You know, they got to go to space and then they got to come back and then they got to go to find the phone that that was sent to and it's like, what's going on? I can't even download this thing. You know, we we really do hit a place where we don't tolerate inconveniences and that's all the last 12 months have been on many, 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 many many levels. But I got to ask myself sometimes, is pain bad? Is all pain bad? I don't think so. Because I think C.S. Lewis is right. I think C.S. Lewis is actually more than right. I think he's spot on that God uses pain. I've noticed about American Christians, about the only thing left that can get an American Christian's attention and get them on their knees, I've noticed, is intense pain with their kids or intense pain with their job. Those two things are about, or their health maybe, But those few areas are about all that's left to get many people within the body really to a place where they're willing to listen. God uses pain. He'll use pain to bring us home. And I think pain sometimes can be a gift. Pain can be a gift. It can be God's way of bringing you home. And I've wondered many times in my own mind, is it has the last 12 months, because I can tell you after, you know, I mean, just like your trade, your, 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 your world, if you're a teacher or if you're a banker or if you're an entrepreneur, you have other entrepreneurs. If you're a musician, you have other musicians you talk to. You know, I have people that are pastors all across the country that I talk to, and I'm telling you. And it, it's the same thought that we're all having is, is, God thinning the church is, is, is it like a Gideon moment where, cause the days are not going to get easier. If you read the last book, even if COVID goes away today, read the last book, it doesn't get better, right? It doesn't get better. So, so God uses pain sometimes and it can be a gift. And today we're going to talk about that. I want you to turn in your Bible to Hebrews 12. That's where we're going. Hebrews chapter 12. Now, now let me tell you, you're probably going to get a little bit tired of hearing this verse. I'm going to talk about it every week. And my goal at the end of this sermon series in the Navigating Strange Days, I think there's like 10 weeks. I have to go back and look. But, but my goal at the end of this thing is if nothing else, you will know Hebrews 12 verses one through three. If nothing else, you will know those verses by heart. We're going to talk about them every single week on some level. So now to understand Hebrews 12, let me tell you what you got to do. Let me set it up for you. You got to really understand Hebrews 11. Now, we're not going to read all of Hebrews 11, but I want to tell you, I'm I'm asking you, and I don't do this a lot, so you know it must be important. I'm asking you, go back this week and read Hebrews 11. Just read Hebrews 11. Man, if, if if you're if you're facing a tough situation, read Hebrews 11. But you can't understand Hebrews 12 without understanding Hebrews 11. And Hebrews 11 was all about different people that God used to overcome, that they had faced incredible odds and God did something miraculous. And, and so, so what God is doing is he's painting a picture of all over the generations and the years and the millenniums of all the people he's delivered and all these miracle stories. And then you hit chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, that always means in the Bible, in light of everything I just said, that's what what therefore means. So, because of everything we just found out in Hebrews 11, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin, those are two different things, that so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy set before him, Endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So today, navigating strange days, Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3, if we could put it into a... He tells us to fix our eyes on Christ that we might be overcomers. So if we could boil that down into a simple thought to take away this morning, it would be this, that my path is determined by my focal point, okay? My path, if you're taking notes, write that down. My path is determined by my focal point. My, 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 my eyes will, will determine where my feet go, right? Just like, just like in gymnastics, you know, or just like in flipping off a diving board. Where does your body follow? Your head. Wherever your head goes, that's where your body goes, right? And so, so our, my, my, my path is going to be determined by my focal point. So how do I navigate strange days? And how, how do I, what is God's word for me? What is God's word for you when it comes to times when I feel disoriented? And by the way, friend, even, even if COVID and all the domino effect of COVID with schools and grocery stores and all of that and if all that goes away today, you do realize there will be another time. It may not be a pandemic. It, may, it, it might be a government issue. It might be, I mean, it could be a million things, but there will be more. So what do we do when we're disoriented? Well, I, I, what is God's word? I look at God's word. I'm, every time I read God's word, I'm looking for like, hey, God, Give me, like, the wrench to turn. Like, give me the wrench to turn the bolt. I, help me fix this. So fix it your way. Help me, help me understand your way for doing this. I don't want to do it in a way you wouldn't want me to do it. And so what does Hebrews 12 tell you and me about our ability to navigate strange days when we're disoriented? Well, I think, I think the first truth would be what I would say start by stopping. What do you mean by that, Jason? It's not me being cute. No, but if you notice the very first thing that he says in in chapter 12, verse 1, because we've had all these great people that have gone before us and they overcame, it's interesting that the first thing that the writer of Hebrews says is that we are to do two things. Lay aside every encumbrance and lay aside sin that entangles us so that we can run. You know, nobody would run. With a fifty-pound pack on your back, unless you're just trying to train. But if you're if you're if you're trying to win a race, you're not adding weight. Now these these swimmers I see, you know they man they they, they shave their whole body trying to trying to get any in, any less friction off the water. I mean that's hardcore, right? So so why would he say lay aside every weight? Well, because you can't you can't run your race when you're disoriented you've got to get really clear on what matters most. Are you listening? When you're in a disoriented world, you've got to get really clear on what matters most because I can tell you, when, when there's a lot of drama in your life, have you ever noticed that drama ratchets up the fog? When there's drama, you just the fog gets thicker. The fog gets heavier. And so what I've found in times of complexity is I try to get really, 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 really simple. Really simple. And, and in the simplicity of what's going on, one of the things that I think has happened, in the, at least to Jason, now, I, I mean, this is, look, there, there's, one, there's one great benefit of, uh, of, of preaching is that uh, one thing, I speak, and you're kind of forced to listen unless you just want to stand up and walk out, and that's going to make you look weird, and you're going to have to at least wait to the end of the sermon. You might not ever come back, but I get a chance to have a little group therapy from time to time, and so, so I take it. You know, and just express some of the things that that I that I, I feel from time to time, and I'll tell you, man. Um, one of the things I think COVID's done to all of us is it's caused us all to 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 really kind of become self-absorbed. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna be right there in the middle of the pack with you on that. I mean, I get you know, I get. I, listen, one of my favorite salads in the world was at Sprouts. You know, and it was a buffet, and you made your own salad. They, we may not ever see buffets again. Can you, you know how many people are are, are in, in sheer depression right now? That we're golden corral people. I mean, rednecks all across this world are in severe depression. That's the, that was a good joke. Y'all got to laugh. At it. That's pretty, that was pretty good, right? All right. Um, but but the, 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 the truth of the truth matter is, I mean, life life as we know it, we it may not ever go back in many ways that we once saw. Corporate worlds. Changing? So, what happens when everything's disrupted? What do you do? You tend, I tend to look at all the ways I'm getting ripped off, all the ways that my life isn't working out. I get frustrated. And when I get frustrated, I get angry. And then I get internalized anger. Our whole lives have been disrupted. And so, what ends up happening to us is all the things that we think are important that are getting taken from us all the time what ends up happening to us is that we lose our focus on the things that should matter the most and don't. I think one of the things we've all seen as believers in Christ through the last 12 months is just how much worship and corporate worship means to us. Just how much we really need each other, even if we sit six feet apart. Seeing one another, talking to one another, looking at one another. We need each other together, and we've seen that in the last 12 months. Things that, things that often we think should matter don't matter and the things that really don't matter often matter too much and so i think what what the writer of hebrews is getting at is look before you run your race this is what you need to do you need to take an audit you need to take an audit audit your life let me ask you something christian Have you audited your spiritual life lately? Because I'm going to tell you, I have to audit mine all the time. I do, and it's not fun, and sometimes I forget to do it. But I I begin asking myself hard questions when I get get down or when I get in a a ditch. I begin to ask myself questions. And one of the things I have to ask myself is, is there something that's got a hold on me? Like, is there something too important to me? Or, Jason, why are you frustrated about this thing? I I talk to myself a lot. Don't act like you don't. You know, I see you. At times, I see you at red lights. You're not on Bluetooth. You're just talking to yourself. It's just part of life, right? I talk to myself. Jason, why? Why, why is that? Why? Why does that matter? Or why am I worried? You, you want to find out where your idols are. Look at what you worry about the most. If you want to find out where your idols are, what do you worry about? What do you worry about the most? Sometimes things have a grip on you. And what the writer of Hebrews is saying is before you launch out on, the, on a race in, in, a, in a disoriented time, what you really need to do is you need to take an, an audit. Because I want to tell you something, friends, and I'm, I'm serious. I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to you. If we want our attitude and if we want our spiritual barometer to be any different in 2021 than it was in 2020, then we are going to have to do some letting go. We're going to have to do some repenting. We're going to have to do some house cleaning. We're going to have to do some real deep looks at what really matters. And that's not fun, but I tell you what it is it is life giving. You know, I've never gone into the gym and then come out of a workout going, that was stupid. Worst thing I ever did. I've never gone away from a workout going, wasted time. Right? No, no. There is something about getting yourself in there and doing the work that is life-giving. We can start our race by first stopping and taking an audit. And then the writer of Hebrews keeps going. (laughs) Look what he says. Look what he says. Now he says in verse 2, lay aside all the weight. Then he says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. So he says, let us run. Verse one, lay aside everything. And then he says, let us run. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, let us run. So I would say to you, if you're disoriented, after you've done the audit, I would say, move your faith forward. Move my faith forward. God's wanting you. Let me tell you something, Christian. Let me tell you what God wants out of you in 2021. This is God's will for your life, that your faith moves forward. Now we've all spent a year Looking at going, man, what is going to happen? And the answer is, who knows? Nobody knows. But my question is, does it really matter? Does it really matter that we know? Does it really matter that, that we have a game plan and all the answers? Because let me tell you, the writer of Hebrews didn't know the game plan. Paul didn't know the game plan when God blinded him on the Damascus road. Peter didn't know the game plan when in the garden that night when he you know, cut a guy's ear off, and, 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 and none of those guys did. They didn't know the game plan. Moses didn't know the game plan. Abraham didn't know the game plan. You know the game plan Abraham got? Hey, take off walking. I'll tell you where you're going later. That doesn't work in 2020. We would say, uh, I need a GPS, and I need a phone, and I need an itinerary before I say yes. Nobody gets on a plane without knowing where it's going except Abraham. I think God did a few good things through him, right? So our faith has got to be one that moves forward. I want you to notice what he did not say. He said we are to run the race. We're not to sit. We're not to wait. We are to run the race. But notice what he didn't say. Here's what's missing from that verse. Words like keep up. Words like pace yourself, words like sprint. Notice he didn't say, keep up with the pack. Notice he didn't say, you need to speed up or you need to slow down. He didn't say, it's a marathon, not a sprint. He just said, run, go, go. You, you, you got you to go. You, you got you to go. You got you to be kingdom people in a kingdom world where a world that is fearful and freaked out needs kingdom people. Can we say amen to that? I think we can. This world need. listen, I don't think you understand just how valuable you are to the people around you, to your children. All you moms and dads that have kids in their 20s and 30s, listen, you, you've gone ahead of them. Be the rock of the family. Many of you that are in the corporate space, you're Holy Ghost-filled people. Be the rock in the sales meeting. Many of you own small businesses. Be the rock to your employees. Many of you are school teachers. Be the rock of Christ in the classroom. Many of you are students. Be the Jesus, Holy Spirit-filled student in the classroom or on Zoom. Be that because the world needs it. We're called to that. And that's what, listen, as as strange as these days are, they're also, you know, I tell our staff all the time, I don't really know if they believe me. To be honest with you, I don't even know if they're listening. But I keep saying it. Anybody listening has never stopped me from talking. Y'all have known that by now, okay? But I tell them all the time, as crazy as this is, we are living history. I mean, we really are. They're going to talk about this for 100 years if we make it that far, and I don't think we will. But they're going to talk about this for a long time. Harvard is going to do business reviews on this stuff of what to happen when the bottom falls out of the whole world. So we're getting to live history. In some ways, it's really kind of cool. But there's never been a time where the kingdom is more important than it is right now. So I I got a question I want to pose to you. And I'm, I'm serious. I really do want you... I don't think you can answer it today. But I want you to really pray... Over this question, and here it is. How am I going to move God's kingdom forward in 2021? I mean that for you. How am I going to move God's kingdom forward in 2021? Notice I didn't say church attendance. I didn't say anything about church attendance. Listen, there's a lot of you watching from home right now. You're over 65, waiting for a vaccine, waiting to kind of get some things figured out. I I get it. I do. You know, I just, just, just this week, our family lost one of our dearest friends to COVID. It's a different narrative if you're over 65. I understand that. I do. I, I understand it. Many of you are, are not in that high-risk bracket, and, and you're able to, to open up some freedoms and, and do some things. But for all of us, whether you're you're in a more high-risk category or whether you're not, I'm telling you, that doesn't change the fact that there there is a people, a lost group of people all around every one of us, and they need Jesus, and we have got to figure out how to deliver that in 2021. We have got to figure out how to move the kingdom of God forward. So even if you are waiting on a vaccine and maybe you're watching from home, you, listen, you can still execute kingdom things into this world. Figure it out. You're smart. You can do it. Listen, you know one of the things that times like these do? They make creative things happen. I'm serious, man. Creative things happen because unless you're creative, you're going, you're, you're, your organization or your church, or, or you, it's going to die. And I mean not metaphorically, like cease to exist. So, so we are all at a place where we've got to adapt. And, and so when it comes to the kingdom of God and, and being disoriented, we have to audit our lives. But we've got to move our faith forward because I want to show you something. I want you, I want you to look at this right here. That? That is not God's will for your life. Did you hear me? That is not God's will for your life. Now, the the first 12 months of this stuff, that's all it was. And you know, you're, you're just like, it just all keeps changing. It just all keeps changing. Yeah, it does. But I want to tell you what we've got. Now, listen. Let me tell you what we've got that the world doesn't have. The Holy Spirit. We've got the Holy Spirit. The counselor, the helper, the discloser. We've got Christ in us, the hope of glory. We have the power of the Holy Spirit, so we don't have to run sideways It's time to move our faith forward. And to do that, I want to tell you what the, I'm just, every point I'm pulling out is straight out of these scriptures. These aren't things made up by Jason. These are straight out of what the writer of Hebrews tells us. So then verse two, he tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus. So lay aside every weight, move your faith forward, start running. And when you do start running, fix your eyes on Jesus. Fixate. If you want endurance, you need to fixate. Let me tell you. Uh, There's something interesting happened to me. Not not too many years ago, uh, I was going to, for the first time ever, gonna like really plant corn. I mean, like a real crop of corn, and I was jacked up about it, man. I had a borrowed tractor from my friend James. You couldn't steal James's tractor because you didn't know how to start James's tractor. Now that'll hit you about on Wednesday, okay? It had so many problems on it that you had to know how to work it, right? But I did because he coached me up for about 45 minutes on how to start the thing, all right? But once you got it started... It was an old International 800, you know, rusted as can be, but it still worked. It it was so bad, we had to, I had to take, this is funny for those of you that can kind of get the uh, the gear heads, I had to take a five-gallon bucket full of hydraulic oil with me to the field, because it was going to lose five gallons of oil every time I, and that's how bad it was, but it still did work, and it was great. Well... One of the things my friend Cal Trout taught me was I, I, was, I had this big, I, you know, I was, I was planting. I was first, I had to disc all this ground, and so I was disking, and I got to looking, and, and I would notice that my, my rows would go that way, and then they would come back that way sometimes. But, you know, that makes planting a little hard. And I said, hey, Cal, like you plant like 600 acres at a time. How do you keep your tractor straight on the delta when it's flat as this floor? And he said, oh, that's easy. You just pick a spot way off, like a shrub or a tree. You just pick a spot. Because let me tell you why, let me tell you why my rows were doing that. I'd be driving, and I would literally see a snake. I'm like, ooh, maybe I could kill him and try to, you know, drop the disc on him or something, you know. Or I would, I, would, I would get distracted, but I'd see something. Or I'd get bored in my mind because you're just bored. It's hot. It's 190 degrees out there, and you're just dying, and you're, you know, and you're thinking about all these thoughts because it takes hours, and my rows would get weird, and Cal's like, no, no, no. What you do is when you make your pass, you, you drop down, you drop your disc back in the ground, you pick a, pick a, pick a spot. It might, he said, it might be, look, now I'm telling you, it might be, it might be a cloud, Seriously, because it's flat. It might be a cloud. It might be a tree three miles off in the distance. But you pick that spot and you go right at it. And wouldn't you know it, my rose instantly got straight. Because I put my eyes on something different than what was right in front of me. So what does he tell us? He tells us to fix our eyes. Now, now notice what he does say about Jesus. It says, Jesus, fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who, now, this is really, really important. Don't miss this. It says, Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, understand what is meant right there. You see, here's a cross. It's the the icon of the Christian faith. It's it's something that we've used for centuries to, to talk about Christianity. But let me tell you what a cross was. A cross was the most embarrassing, as if there's any good way to execute somebody. But if you got executed on a cross, it was meant to be shameful. It was meant to kick you when you were down. When they could have just executed you or used, you know, literally, and I know it's graphic, you cut your head off or whatever, but no, if, they, if Romans put somebody on a cross, it was meant to humiliate and completely shame them because they hung on a cross sometimes for days outside the city, and they always put them usually in a high traffic area, and they didn't put them 30 feet in the air. No, history tells us that Jesus' feet may have been as as little as six feet off the ground. Now, I'm six foot on a good hair day, and I'm telling you that six foot is about right here so that you could see their face, and you could see their eyes. It was way more closer than you might think. So to be executed on a cross was a thing of shame. And it says that Jesus, because of the joy in front of him, endured the cross. Let me tell you something about Jesus, you guys. The cross was not his destiny. Redemption was his destiny. Redemption The cross was just a means to an end. I've often wondered, I don't know how this happened. I'd like to talk to the the people that kind of got this started. But if we're going to make that the icon, let's also make the open tomb right beside it. Let's put the open tomb right there too. Because hundreds of people, if not thousands, died on crosses, but only one came out of the grave. Only one came out of the grave. And so Jesus was scorned and shamed, but if he had put his eyes, think about it, he had a three-and-a-half-year ministry, and, and if, if all 33 years of Jesus' life, if Jesus had just put his eyes on that cross, I, I dare say I wonder if he could have ever found the motivation to get there. Because if that was, that was it, just die on a cross, man, that's, that's, that's pretty bad. But it says, for the joy that was set before him, he what? Endured the cross to sit down at the right hand of the Father. See, he had a bigger mission than the cross. His mission was redemption. His mission was to bring you and I into the family. Aren't you glad? Somebody say amen. For those of you watching on Facebook, give me a digital, one of those gifs that people dancing right now. I need, listen, you got them. I see you text them to your grandkids. Don't think you can't text them to Jesus. All right? No, the, the, the reality is Jesus went to a cross, but that wasn't why he walked the earth. It was part of it. But the redemption of you and me, that is what gave him joy. That is what gave him joy. See, listen, when you know, when you know what your calling is, you can endure anything. Are you listening to me? I wonder this, I really do. I wonder if the reason, the body of Christ across the United States of America, I wonder, I really do, and I don't know if I'm right. I really mean that. I could be wrong. I don't think I am, and most times I don't think I am, but I really don't think I am here. But I do wonder sometimes, I wonder if the reason we're seeing so much disorientation in the body of Christ all across America and churches just going all kinds of different directions, I wonder if it's because because people in those churches really don't know why God put them on the planet. Because when you know why God puts you on the planet, you specifically, when you know why God puts you on the planet, you can endure about anything. When you know why God made you, it's why we talk so much at Clearview about knowing your purpose, because God made you. He didn't just populate the earth with you. He made you, and he made you to to run the race and move your faith forward, and to do that, you have to fixate so that when the times get crazy and the chaos and the fog happens, then you're able to fix your eyes on that point in the distance so that you run straight and you don't run crooked. So look at what he says in the verse. He says, therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay us every encumbrance and the sin which easily entangles, and let us run. Let us run, Let us run. Let us run. And I want to point back to a simple truth that in the times that these books and these books of the Bibles, all 66 of them that were written, especially the New Testament, these were times of intense persecution. They were killing Christians. COVID's got nothing on the context of when this was written. These people wrote this stuff from prison cells, starved, beheaded. And what do you hear them saying? Take joy. What do you hear them saying? Run until they kill you. What do you hear them saying? It's better for me to be with Jesus, but it's better for you if I'm here. I guess I've got to stick here. You see, we were meant for something greater. We were meant for something greater, and therefore we can endure it. We can endure it when it's disoriented because my, my life will follow my focal point. Whatever your focal point is, that's where you're going to go. Wherever your eyes are, that's where you're going to follow. So, so in 2021, you're going to have to pick some focal points. But if you'll do it, I'm telling you, 2021 could be the greatest year of your life as far as God using you. Now, I don't know what it's going to look like here. I mean, we just had the best December we've had in years financially. I, I, I praise God for that. I don't know what it's going to look like here at Clearview. I don't know what, what, how many changes we're going to have to make. Probably a lot of them. But the one thing that can't change is that everybody in this room saddling up and finding your purpose for what God wants out of you and go do it. Go do it, friends. Go do it. Let us run. That's how we do it. We pick our focal point and we go. So I want to say something to you this morning. I really want want to to say something to two groups of people. The first person I want to say something to is the person that doesn't know Jesus. Many of you watch, we we get reports, you watch from all over. Some of you don't know, you've been going to church, but you don't really you don't know what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You don't know that. That's not religion. That's a raised Savior taking over your life. If you have been disoriented and you need Christ and not religion, I want you to text the word Jesus to this phone number right here. Text Jesus to 258-6335, air code 615. Text Jesus to One of our pastors will follow up and say, hey, listen, I, I need to get on the path to purpose. I need to get on the path to purpose. And the second group I, I want to ask of you is all of you listening to me that are believers, you know you're a believer. How are you going to answer the question? How are you going to move the kingdom of God forward in 2021? I believe that you can do it. I I don't believe. I know you can do it. It's a matter of you picking a spot on the horizon and going and going. Now, before I pray, I want you to know starting Tuesday night, we're going to do something kind of cool. Brian Hatcher at 730, we're going to, send out an announcement. We're going to take navigating strange days to a different level. And Brian, our discipleship pastor, is going to take every sermon that I preach and he's going to take that on the following Tuesday and he's going to do a deeper dive on Hebrew. So this, this Tuesday is going to be Hebrews 12. So you're going to see social media. You're going to see an email blast about the, the, the link and, and all of those good things to get you there. But 730 Tuesday nights for the duration of this series, Brian, who's our resident theologian, far better at that than I am, no kidding, Brian's going to take us deeper into this. So if you want to see deeper on that, Brian's going to take you there on navigating some strange days to put even more meat on the bone of, of what we're looking at. Let me tell you something, you guys. I I know, I know, and you're each in your own way. I, I I really mean this. Each of you in your own way in the past 12 months. You have hit emotional walls, spiritual walls. I've hit them too. I mean, my gas tank was as empty as it's been in a long time in November and December of this year. I was just tired. And I'll be there again. That won't be the last time. It's been a hard year. But I want to tell you something. This world is not our home. That's right. This world is not our home. We were built for this. We were created for this. Jesus put us in Franklin on Franklin Road in 2021 so we could get the people that don't know Jesus through this stuff to minister and be the anointed people of God in our community. And i tell you what I believe. I believe that if we wanted to, I believe this year could be our finest year. I really do. I don't know how that would look. I don't know how it would play out. But your world needs you. Your family needs you to stop being scared and freaked out or passive or angry or disconnected. What we need is anointed believers living out anointed lives. And, man, let's let that be our aim. I'm excited. I mean, I'm still tired, but I'm excited to see what is going to happen in the next 12 months because we did it in 2020. The Lord, listen, what the power of God did in our congregation to keep us moving is a small miracle in my life. He has his hand on us, Clearview. He does. And let's not blow that what did John Bassanio tell us? Standing right there. You got all you need. Don't blow it. And we're not going to blow it. Amen? Amen. Amen. That was a little, that was a little Baptist. We'll, we'll get there. You know, we're going to get there on the happy, by the way. I don't know. I've already charged Alexis. Listen, we've got to bring the happy back in 2021, man. So I let y'all, and that's dangerous with him. So just get ready. You know, you often don't think about sharing something with somebody like a tweet or an email or sending them a sermon or sending them a podcast. You don't often think of that as missions, but it is. It's not that you have to send it to the whole world or post every single thing we do at Clearview on your feed. But if, if you've heard a sermon or if you've listened to a podcast, think through your life. I mean, God, who needs to hear this? Sometimes it, it, it doesn't go on your Facebook page. Sometimes it needs to go on your Twitter, but sometimes just a simple text to one person can make all the difference in the world of sending them the word of God in real time. Share it. You'd be surprised how far it goes.